Good evening and welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris this Sunday evening. You made it. We are so excited that you are here. If it's your first time, your 100th time, your 1,000th time, we are excited that you are here. And so I wanted to let us know about some announcements that we've got going on before we get into this service. And so we've got, um, as we talked about this morning, if you have any contributions that you're wanting to give and wanting it to be counted for the year of 2023, you need to make sure that it is turned in by January 14th, which is next Sunday. So get that turned in so it can count for 2023. And then this month's events we have next Sunday evening will be our Youth Sunday service. So it will be here just like regular service, 6 p.m., but it will be youth-led. And it's going to be a powerful service you do not want to miss. And then also getting ready to get going is our Youth Chocolate-Covered Strawberry Fundraiser. You'll begin to see things on social media about it if you want to help with the dipping, the cleaning, the delivering, or just donating chocolate. Let us know. Get a hold of us, and we can get you placed where you need to be placed. And then on the 18th, we have our tea party for the Diamond Ladies. That will be at 6.30 at the Family Life Center. That is the ladies who have, they gave $100 or more to the Mother's Memorial offering in 2023. So if you were able to give $100 or more, you are a Diamond Lady and you are going to the tea party at the Family Life Center at 6.30 on the 18th. Congratulations. And then on the 23rd, we have our Ladies United Fellowship. And on the 28th, our mission pledge is due. So we've got things going throughout the church, but we got something going on in the church right now, and God's about to move. Amen. So let's stand up. Let's get ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. In Jesus' name, worship with us. When he rolls up his sleeves, the angels put on the red Our God is an awesome God. There is thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his face. Our God is an awesome God.
God, he's an awesome God. Could you make a noise to let him know it? glad we don't serve a pitiful God, a weak God. I'm glad we don't serve a God that we have to get fired up. But we have a God that at the moment that we call on his name, at the time of trouble, if we just call on him, if we just get into his presence, he is an awesome God, a powerful God, a God that is able to move in every situation. And I am thankful for that God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to call on that God right now. That we have prayer requests that we're going to mention. We've got names on the overhead we're going to show. And we're going to give God an opportunity to move in our life. We're going to give God an opportunity to move in our situations. And so what we're going to do now is as a church, we're going to pray for these names. We have Miranda Giberson. We have the James Harrison family. We've got Nicole, Randall Clark, Joe Ford, Brother Griffith, Letitia Moat. Kathy Gillette, J.C. Proffer, Karen Reed, and they're also going to continue to pray for all of our leaders in our community, our economy, everything that's going on in our life. I believe that God's going to have a way in every single part of our life. And so what we're going to do is if you feel the need for God, if you just feel that you need God to move in your life, if you need God to touch any part of your life, any situation, I encourage you to step forward to be prayed for and to be prayed with. Ministers are going to anoint you with oil and pray over you and with you. And I believe that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the awesome God that we sang about, is going to move, he's going to touch, and he's going to restore. So right now, Father, I pray that you have your way, that you heal that you restore, that you deliver, that you do exactly what we know you can do. Move in every need and touch every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a man you come rising from the ashes. There's an army rising up today. Let the praise Hear the nations lifting up your
as Brother Stephen mentioned, the God that we serve is powerful and mighty and does not succumb to any form of darkness whatsoever. The God knows our need before we can even ask or think of it. And He is a strong tower to the righteous that runneth into Him. So let us praise His name.
this time we have our ushers come to take our tithe and our offering. And we're going to believe that God's going to continue to move in a powerful way in this evening, in this service. Father, I thank you for who you are and what we've already felt in this place tonight. God, I pray that you continue to move and that we are sensitive and we respond to the word tonight. I pray that you bless what is given. I pray that you bless the giver and anoint us to receive the word as pastor brings it. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand by what he prayed. I lifted up my desire. 
excited. There's nobody in the world that has any more reason tonight than we do to shout aloud, to praise him in the dance, to praise him with the clapping of our hands, to praise him. There is... got to remember that when this got started people said these guys are drunk so caught up and you can be seated so caught up and sins gone clean conscience clean heart the legitimacy of David dancing, praising, writing about it. Then people trying to help level the ground said, these are not drunk with wine, as you might suppose, because this is only the third hour of the day. But you've got to understand, victory's alive in their heart. Sanity has come to their mind, giving them balance of how to handle problems, how to handle future, to have a vision of greater things day by day. And so what I have witnessed tonight is something so special. You can't buy what's happened already in these first few minutes. And I cannot thank the elders of this church and the mothers and dads that have for years given both of their heart, their mind, their monies, many sacrificing in order that we can have a place like this to worship, a family center, a children's church, when I look and see the work of God going on in the varied areas of this assembly and the reach out there, I'm so glad we're part of something that can give balance to the economy of our city. They know who you are. They watch how you dress. They watch how you talk. They watch what you do. And uh, they make a lot of observations. But another thing that you do is raise up a lot of young people. And this slick little guy right here on the front who would have ever dreamed cancer trying to eat his body up. And you prayed and healing and victory. How God has blessed us. And then my wife and I have got a grandson over right over here hiding, fixing to go to school and try to put the chemistry of all this together in a special way so he can do a better job. But I, I've asked him tonight to come and just open his heart for a little while and just however the Spirit leads, I appreciate him not just as a grandson 
not just as a member of our church, but as a man who has carved out a future. He's gone through a few hurts in life. He's gone through several little disappointments in life. But guess what? He don't look that bad. Brother Sterling, would you come? I do believe pastor was being kind when he said I was, you know, not too bad looking. But then also you've got to remind yourself, I'm a bloodline descendant of that man. So if I'm bad looking, you've got to think of where I came from. And so that's just a little reflection of, of him and his life. So thank you, pastor, for being good looking yourself. Cannot thank you enough. At this time, I have a scripture that I'm going to say that I... Uh, I would also like to say before I get started as well, I approach this pulpit with the utmost respect and humility. I'm simply a byproduct of each and every one of you. Small seeds that you don't even know about that you placed into my heart maybe 22 years ago at my birth have slowly matured in me. And so the man that you see up here today, the young man that you see up here today is simply a byproduct of of each and every one of you. And so from the bottom of my heart, with the utmost respect and humility, thank you. Thank you for being role models. Thank you for being teachers. Thank you for being inspirers, for being elders. Thank you so much. And no, I do not take this lightly whatsoever. This is a dream come true. I've seen this pulpit my entire life. And I gotta admit, there's sometimes I didn't think I'd be up here, Pastor. But by the grace of God and all of you, I'm up here and I say thank you so, so much. Let's get this scripture going. I don't want to take too much up of your time. But I do have the confidence in God and the word that he's given to me tonight. I don't know how long it's going to take. Pastor might add on to. And I'm okay with that. I'm good with that, actually. But I do believe in God speaking into me using this vessel and I'm grateful for that and so I won't take up your time but I do have the confidence in God the scripture that I'm pulling from tonight that'll sort of be the baseline of what I'm speaking about just sort of a heartbeat of mine here recently is John 1 12 and 13 and it says but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were not born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you would, please pray for me at this time and pray that the spirit of the Lord would move in this house and that he would simply flow through me effortlessly so that I could deliver his word to each and every one of you and myself included. God, I thank you so much for your spirit, God. It's very evident that it's here tonight, God, and I pray that all of us would take full advantage of it, God. Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing in each and every one of our lives. I cannot thank you enough for everything you've done for me personally. 
Oh God, flow through me openly. I pray that this flesh would not hinder nor get in the way of your spirit whatsoever. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. And you can be seated. Like I said, I, I'm not sure how long this will go. I, I'm not even sure how it, it's going to go in total, to be honest with you. Uh, I got the call up on, on relative short notice, but I believe that God can do all things, and so I'm not going to use that as a crutch tonight. The sort of, pastor said to share a heartbeat or a, a heart throb, and that, that sort of stuck out to my heart because right now, what, what can you say? That, that the world already hasn't heard that, you know, that would actually make a difference. And I had to get that out of my mind that that's not what I'm going for. What I'm simply going for is what God placed into my heart for someone here tonight. And that might just be myself, but if so, I accept it. And the key, the key preface around this, this thought is you are meant for this. For my English people, it's you're meant for this. But, you know, sometimes some people don't know the you're and your difference. And so I just said you are. That's like all of us get it, and you don't have to mess up with my southern accent. You're meant for this. And in that first part of John 1.12, it says, But as many has received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, and we're not born, not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man even, but of God. In this moment, God has set the stage for each and every one of us. And that is, we have the right to be his children. And I don't, if I don't know, I don't know about you, but the, being, the right of being God's child is all that I need. But you see, it's not that simple. And I can tell you from personal experience is sometimes the right of God sometimes is lost. The, the, the birthright that we're all given is the children of God. But sometimes we can forget that in the kerfluffle of world. Or if you're like me, you're just a silly little man and you might just forget it just because you're silly. But let me tell you that identity that God has given to us has never left you. That identity that God has placed in your life, that calling that God has placed in your life, and I know it comes to your mind right now just saying calling, it's never going to leave. Because you see, a birthright, it's this funny thing. A birthright is not able to be taken from you. A birthright is with you from death do us part. A birthright is what shapes your identity. The last name on your name for women, it changes and have pride in your husband's last name. But me personally, my last name, I take a lot of pride in it. Not in vanity, but just I'm proud to be Sterling Cole Birchinal because I'm shaping in his image and I'm made in, him, in his image. And so I'm proud of that. What's crazy though is sometimes you don't get to shape the lineage before you get here. Sometimes that lineage that you've already come from has already been decided before you even got to this earth. And so the name Birchinal, I know some people, it can sway the wrong way. That birthright that we're all given, some, it looks like some are more fortunate than others. It looks like some just got the golden platter, the silver platter placed right in their life. 
They've got millions. They've got, they've got everything you could do. But you see, even your birthright doesn't dictate who you become. Even the birthright that you were given, Sterling Colt Birchinal, the day I was born, didn't decide that I was going to be a divorced man one day. It didn't decide that I was going to have to forsake my family one day because things got really difficult. But you see, my birthright <laughs> was written in John 1.12. And it says, he gave the right to become children of God. Right there, my birthright was already written in heaven. And it said, Sterling, if you believe on me, even though you're not my direct descendant, even though you're not my direct bloodline, you are my child and you have the ability to get to my home where I currently reside. Mm. But that identity, that words, it's, it's thrown around so effortlessly these days, you know. That your identity is not this. Your identity is in, you're a great soccer player. Your identity is, is you love whoever you love. That's not it. That, I, that can't be it, right? That, that can't, no. no. That, you see, and so me, I'm a skeptical, and so I have to, I have to go a little bit harder. I'm hard-headed, and I'm grateful for that. You see, the definition of identity is the fact of being who or what. A person or thing is. The fact. In fact, you see, that means it is a true statement. And so the fact of being who or what a person is or thing is, that's your birthright. That's who you are. And so whenever Sterling Colbertional came into this world, he was a man. That was my identity. Come on, somebody. That just touched someone out there on the internet. I can feel that one. My goodness. But throughout the troubles of life, you know, you feel like that identity changes. You feel like sometimes, man, I'm feeling weak today. Or you feel like, you know, man, I've really failed a lot recently. And so that must mean I am a failure. Or you have the flip side, and you have, God, I've succeeded in sports a lot, so that must mean I'm an athlete. That's what my identity is. Or, God, I'm really good in relationships, and so I am a romancer. As you all know, I'm clearly not. But we're working on it, y'all. We're growing. <laughs> Family just sent an amen up there to me on that one. But we have all these things that come into our lives and they try and change our identity. And you see, that's because that's the only way that the enemy could dare get your birthright. Is because you see, a birthright, once it's given, like a child of God, it cannot be stripped from you. I didn't write this scripture down, but in somewhere in the Bible it tells us of we cannot be plucked from his hand. And some eternal salvationist thinks that means you can't lose your salvation. That's not the case. It says we cannot be taken from his hand. That doesn't mean we can't leave the hand of God. I wish it would have because then I can go do whatever I want, right? That would be so much easier. Probably a lot more pain to be honest with you, but it would be a lot easier. 
And you know, you're all probably thinking, man, what's, what's that story of, of someone losing their birthright? I know that story. Esau and Jacob. So we're going to go there now. Genesis 25, 29 through 34. And it says, when Jacob had cooked a stew for one day. This is one day, y'all. I would like to emphasize that. Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, please let me have a mouthful of that red stuff for I'm exhausted. Let's pause here. My man is down so bad. He doesn't even know what the food is. He says, just give me that red stuff because I am exhausted. I don't know about y'all, but I've gotten there before myself. Sometimes there's a mysterious pie on Thanksgiving Day, and I'm like, give me some of that red stuff right there. And that's, that's Esau in this passage. I just thought I'd mention that. It's wild to me. Don't tell me the Bible's not fun. I thought that was hilarious. Therefore, he was called Edom by name. But Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So of what use then is the birthright to me? And Jacob said, you know, cunningly putting up a smirk or a smile saying, first swear to me. And so he swore an oath to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew and he ate and drank and got up and went on his way. So Esau despised his birthright. <laughs> and just like that, Brother Griffith, Esau's birthright is gone. Esau's lineage of great men before him is stripped away. But you see, Jacob was a sly character in this story, in this passage. And he knew that he couldn't just take Esau's birthright. It had to be given to him. It had to be relinquished first. And, and let's just go back. What's it say about Esau? It says he came in from the field and he was exhausted. And it says in one day. It was just one day when Jacob had cooked a stew. One day Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. You see, your birthright cannot be taken from you, church. Sterling, your birthright cannot be taken from you. But if you get a little tired, if you've decided God's given too many commandments to you recently, if you said, God, I've been facing too many battles, this isn't for me. That's when the enemy slips in. <laughs> what happens after a birthright is gone? I, I, I couldn't tell you except from personal experience. When a birthright is gone, when your identity is taken from you, and when you've relinquished it, you become lost. When you've decided, God, this is too much to me. I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. What happens is you get off in the deep end. You start hanging out with people that you've never hung out with before. 
You start probably dating some people that you never would have thought was even a possibility. We cannot relinquish the birthright or identity just because we get exhausted. And this isn't for young people. This isn't for old people. This is for every single one of us. The minister, the singers, every single one of us. Because you see, no matter how many great things you've done in God or with God, that's still not your identity. Your ministry is still not your identity. What your identity is, is a child of God. Because what you see is, whenever you decide, hey, you know, ministry is a good thing. That's my identity. Is you start looking at the amount of people that are in your church. <laughs> whenever your ministry becomes your identity, you said, man, I sing that song really good tonight. And you know, there's a, there's a pretty popular Bible character that faced this same identity crisis. And it's in Genesis 9. I'll give you seven uh, portions of 7 and 8 as well just to show you that you can never be too old for God. And what I mean by that is, is you stay a child of God until you get to heaven. Because what happens when you grow too old for God is you start to make executive decisions. And you say, God... But I'm getting too old for this, so I know where my life needs to go, actually. When a child of God says, God, what do you have for me? Because a child, it can't provide for itself. And so I'll show you this Bible character that's really well known, and it's Noah. And in verse 7, this is pre, pre-ark, and he's getting the directions from God and it's Genesis 7 and 5 and it says so Noah acted in accordance with everything don't miss that everything that the Lord had commanded of him everything Genesis 8 18 and so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives were with him what that was is God had just given Noah another commandment and he had listened perfectly everything Flood happens, God gives more directions, and Noah continues to follow them to a T. Until Genesis 9, 20 and 21, it says, Then Noah began farming and planted a vineyard. We'll pause right there. Because before this, God hadn't given another commandment. And I'm not saying Noah had necessarily went out of his way to chastise God with, a, with farming and planting a vineyard. But that's never what it starts out as, right, Pastor? The, the, the little, small, harmless thing that you do, that's never what it starts out as. It never starts out as bad, right, Brother Tanner? It's one lie. That's what it starts out as. And then it's two lies, and then it's four, and then it's five, and now you're a major liar. And so, and that's what I just say, the enemy waits for a crack. The enemy waits for the relinquishing. The enemy waits for the smallest gap in the defense. And that's when he says, boom, found it. 
And so what happens after verse 20? And it says, and he drank some of the wine and became drunk and uncovered himself inside of his tent. You see, and I'm really breaking this down. But it started off with just a vineyard. It started off with just the own mindset of God, I've got it. I'm going to plant a vineyard. I'm going to start farming. But then it says, and then he drank some of the wine and then he became drunk. And then it says, and he uncovered himself inside of his tent. Do you think, let's just, let's just use a, a tiny bit of common sense. Do you think if someone's doing something right, they like to stay inside all day? <laughs> you see, whenever you do bad things, I can speak from existence. I'm a, I've done tons of bad things. You become to isolate yourself. You become to hide yourself. And it says, and he, he hid himself inside the tent, right? So he couldn't see anyone had done anything. But it says, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and he told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. And the reason is that because they knew it was something wrong. But whenever you decide to open up your gap and your defenses and then you fall victim to changing your identity because Noah had become a man that wasn't listening to God anymore. His birthright was then relinquished and he decided, God, I've got this. I'm going to make something. And he fails. And it doesn't just stop there. You see, and this goes to the testament of how much light you actually are, is you can be the exact same amount of darkness. Because what that happens is, if you didn't catch it, it says, Ham, the father of Canaan. What spawns from Ham from this point on is the Canaanites. And if you're even just a little bit familiar with the Bible, you're aware that the Canaanites are a wicked people. The Canaanites are a bad lineage. But it didn't stop or start there with the birthright. It started with the relinquishing of the birthright. It started with the losing of an identity. Man, Sterling, this is kind of deep. Let me flip it around. Let me get it back on track. God's never left nor forsaken us. So Galatians 6, let me get 9. Galatians 6, 9. So, y'all ready for this? Y'all aren't going to like it. Let's not become discouraged in doing well. For in due time, we will reap if we do not become weary. So how do we keep the identity? Is we don't get weary. How do we keep the birthright? Is we don't relinquish it. Because you see, when you get tired, the grip starts to unleash. But if we hold tight to this, 
And we say, God, I'm not going to get weary. I had a loved one pass away. God, I'm not going to get weary. God, I've messed up a lot. I'm not going to get weary. Because it's not about when you fall or when you mess up. Because your birthright's still not relinquished then. Your birthright still hasn't been taken. It's when you decide to stay down. It's when you decide, God, I've stripped and I've fallen too many times. And so I'm tired. I'm weary. But wait. He's a God of second chances, right? <laughs> so even when you fall, you say, God, oh man, that one hurt. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> oh, Brother Griffith. Oh, Brother Griffith. Come on. I know. I know it's a saint when I see one. I know an elder. I know a man of God. It says, be weary and well not doing. But, Brother Griffith, sometimes it's just too hard for one person. So would you mind going with me? You see, sometimes it's a little too hard for one person. You see, sometimes, Brother Jeff, two people isn't enough. Could you come help me? Sometimes it's a little difficult for one person. Sometimes it feels like God's put a little too much on your plate. Especially when you've got two ministers of God and then you've got me, a wannabe, in the middle. But then, when we're walking together, and I still fall, the men of God are still holding me up. And I'm a little weak, but the men of God are still holding me up. And I fall a little to the left, and they're still holding me up. Thank you, gentlemen. They're strong, I can tell you that much. I'm not falling with the help of them. <laughs> Be weary in not in well-doing. Don't forget what your birthright is, and that is you are a child of God. You are not shaped by your failures. You are not shaped by your victories. You are shaped by God's birthright to you. <laughs> Got a little ahead of myself, the scripture for that one, in case you were curious. Is Ecclesiastes 4.12. And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. But a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. You see, sometimes we're going to face some trials that are really big. And sometimes we're going to face some problems that are way too big for us to overcome. But why do you think we have a church? It's so I can lean on Brother Jeff. It's so I can lean on Brother Jim. It's so I can lean on Brother Tanner. Because I can't do it alone. Because the birthright simply says you're a child of God. The child can't do things on their own. But when a threefold cord is banded together, oh devil, you better watch yourself. Because I don't care what my lineage was. I don't care what the back of my name says. Because God, I am your child. So, I haven't even said the title the entire time since I've done this. What's that all about? It's because I'm here to bring it all in. And pastor, I don't know what you want to do post this, but 
we'll go from there when we get there. To bring it all in is saying, you're meant for this. As I look across everyone here and I look in the reflection of myself, I'm here to say you are meant for this. You're meant for this generation. I get it says that this generation is the royal, the royal nation and we're the chosen generation. But this generation doesn't exist without the elders in the church. The young people don't have the wisdom they need without a, a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or a grandfather or a grandmother. And if you don't have any of those, you have church family. So I've come to tell you, you are meant for this. Whatever you're facing, you're meant for it. Whatever you're going through, you're meant for it. Your family's down bad, you're meant for it. You're never going to be down too bad for God. And so to bring it all to one giant close, I don't know if we wanted to do songs or whatever. The second part of Galatians 6, 9, I didn't say it, but it's 10. So then... While we have opportunity, let's do good to all people. Get this, especially to those who are of the household of the faith. I understand that everyone's been wronged by someone else before. Maybe even people in this room. But there's no room for gaps in the defense. There's no room for gossiping. There's no room for grudges. There's no room for any amount of hate to, to just the church people pass. No. Do good to all people. And it caps it off. It says, while we have the opportunity, not a single one of us are promised tomorrow. And so my mantra for 2024, and I haven't told anyone else this, now all of y'all are going to know, is take full advantage of every second. Cling to every single second. Hold on to every single minute. And let's do good to all people, especially our brothers and sisters in here. Especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, Baptists. Yes, Episcopals. All people do good because we cannot afford to relinquish the birthright. We cannot afford to even trip on our identity for just a second. Because you're meant for this. And you're meant for someone tomorrow that you're going to talk to. And you're meant for that person at the gas station that you really don't want to see, but you see them anyways. If we could all please stand. say that that doesn't mean we all might be ministers or pastors 
Some of us might be called to sing. Some of us might simply be called to be teachers. And I say simply because that's what we try and label it as, but it's so much more than that. Some of us might be called to be custodians. But the greatest custodian I know is also a man of God, Brother John Proctor. (laughs) We are all called. Whenever God said, I've given you the right to be my children, that's the second we were called. That moment we were called to lead. We were called to step out in faith and say, God, you have everything because my identity is in you. So right now, we'll, we'll finish in some sort of prayer and pastor can take over. But the prayer I have for us, and as I look across and I see so many people that I, I won't see for a decent amount of time, I know all of us are going to succeed. There's not a doubt in my mind that a single one of us are going to fail. So this prayer that we're going to pray tonight, God, is Lord, let me walk by faith and not by sight. It's God, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and my earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory. God, I pray that we would cling to the faith. That we would cling to the word of God that's unmovable, unshakable, unchangeable. And Lord, that we would always remember that you've kept every covenant. The most important of these being, you've given us the right to be your children. Singers, y'all can sing. Hey!
only had 12 and two of them were little you know one of them was just sort of right on the edge and the other one was edgy one was Judas and one was Simon Peter and uh, they turned out to be some pretty important entities and I want to remind you tonight you may not feel as important as you are but in God's eyes you are special so could we stand and thank him for making us special and thanks for special brothers and sisters I have no idea where all God is going to gather people from as they come into this building from time to time. Father, we are so grateful for opportunities, for special moments in which you share with us spiritual expertise, spiritual wisdoms and one of the greatest is a spirit of courage and so as we face tomorrow's people that are hurting people that are confused give us the courage to be exactly what we need to be as a light and an example of Christ himself in Jesus' name. God bless you. Try smiling at somebody before you leave. See what happens.